Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good evening. Welcome to AJ's Sports Grill at the Alley once again. uh, Glad to have you with us. We have two coaches shows for you tonight. The Wichita State women's basketball team playing their exhibition game tonight against Missouri Southern at Coke Arena. And so we will not have a Keitha Adams show. And I hope some of you are listening while you're out at the uh, at the arena. But uh, just a reminder that we will have a volleyball show coming up after we do men's basketball with Greg Marshall here at AJ's. And then one week from tonight, no coaches shows as there will be a women's game at Oral Roberts on the road. They will be on this channel at this time with their game. So again, no shows one week from tonight. All three shows two weeks from tonight with men's basketball, women's basketball, and volleyball. So welcome in. Glad to have you with us. Greg Marshall alongside our second men's basketball show of the season. Last week, Coach, we were going into the exhibition game with Northeastern Oklahoma A&M. And we talked last week about your close scrimmage. And I know in looking at that, once you really had a chance to look at the video, saw some things that you didn't even notice uh, first glance and as it was happening. Just wondered about your reaction to the exhibition and, and how it turned out in your view. Uh, I thought we were a little better in the exhibition than we were in the scrimmage against uh, Nebraska. Um, our defensive transition was a little better. Um, second half, we especially took care of the ball much better. Um, I thought... Um, the freshmen came out really sh- hot shooting the basketball, which is a good thing to see, and hopefully they can continue on through the, through the year with that. We struggled to make shots last year, even when we were wide open. And the, you mentioned the uh, taking care of the basketball. Eight turnovers for the entire night. That's a good number any time, but only two in the last 28 minutes of the ball game. And, and by that time, you were getting a lot of people in off the bench at the end and so forth when th- that number can certainly go up a little bit. Yeah, you know, uh, we were a little sloppy early, but, I mean, they didn't press us a whole lot. They didn't uh, do anything that would put us in peril. Uh, the, the turnovers that we had were basically – uh, unforced and those are you know that, that's the thing that I keep trying to impress upon this young team is that it's not always the team that makes the most spectacular plays that wins the game it's the team generally that makes the fewest errors and just eliminating the unforced errors the the bad shots the careless passes the one hand passes the bounce passes on the perimeter, just things that, to me, lead to turnovers. And, um, and, and we're, we're, you know, we're a work in progress. It's still early November. I haven't played a real game yet, but I, I, I like the fact that this team appears to listen. You know, we'll see when, how they do tomorrow night against an Omaha team that's uh, in our building right now shooting around. Uh, a team that was right there to go to the NCAA tournament last year, losing in the championship game of the Summit League. That's the league, by the way, that, that had South Dakota State and Mike Dom and David Jenkins, and we had seen that team, so we know how good they were. 
and Omaha finished second to the Jackrabbits and then lost in the championship game to North Dakota State. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, you just mentioned something about uh, not making the spectacular pass and that sort of thing. And I know in, in establishing your program here and developing a culture, that was one of the things you had to work on for a while to get them to understand that, you know, this offense is, is proven. It works. And it's designed so that one pass leads to another and certain things happen within it. So just make that simple pass to initiate the offense. You don't have to try to force it into a small window and do something spectacular. Yeah, the, I mean, it's, there's all kind of different offenses, and I'm not saying our offense is any better than the other one, but we have some set plays that we can go to f and uh, when, on dead balls. We have some transition things that we try to do to, to – what we're trying to do is get a wide open look or a layup or dunk early in a possession. Now, there are times with the as the clock just continues to go down uh, from 35 or was it was it 45 at one point and then it, it was, was 35 yeah, yeah. and then it was 30 and I think we're headed to 24. <laughs> I really believe at one point it'll be the same as the NBA. The three point line is certainly headed that way, but um, eventually. Players have to make plays, and, and, and in that regard, you want spacing so that they can drive it. Um, so, you know, we're trying to move and cut and screen and share the basketball while at the same time keeping the floor spaced. And we run just a motion offense, and we run a ball screen offense. So there's two different options. Really, it depends on the personnel that we have in the game. Uh, just over the time, you notice that certain players do certain things better and offenses are more efficient when they're in uh, doing those things. So, uh, but, but it's not, you know, it's, it's not uh, any better than any other offense. The key is to make sure that we're sharing the basketball, trying to get another person a shot, whether that be driving into a gap and kicking it to an open player, drawing two defenders, or setting a good screen and making a good cut and reading those two things and delivering the pass at the right time and to the right place, on target, on time. So there's a lot that goes into offense. Uh, I was talking to Tyson Etienne after practice today, and he's such a, a wonderful kid. And he, he was asking me about, what do, you, what do you need me to do, Coach? What do you need? Because I'm going to do whatever you want. And I said, uh, well, I need you to um, uh, play as hard as you could possibly play in transition on running the court rebound, you know, check out on the defensive end, try to see if you can possibly sneak in and get a one or two offensive rebounds a game. I want you to defend like your hair's on fire. That's something that you've gotten better at as you've been here, but there are times when you kind of lose your man or you break down like all freshmen. But then on offense, I want you to play no faster than you can think. I don't want you to rush shots. I don't want you to take bad shots. I don't want you to drive in an area that you can't really drive and, and lose the ball. He goes, well, you know, everyone's always told me to play as hard as I possibly can in every phase. I said, well, I agree with that, except on the offensive end. I think you on the offensive end, you have to you gear it down. You know, you're not in overdrive anymore. Maybe you go to fourth gear or even third gear, depending on how many speeds your car has. And you need to change speeds and, you know, go from fast to to slow or slow to fast, but don't play breakneck on offense unless you're cutting to score. He goes, well, I'll, I'll try to do that. And I said, well, that'll, that'll be good, Tyson. That's what I would like for you to do, and then you're going to be a marvelous player. 
So we had that conversation, but he thought he needed to play as fast and as hard as he possibly could on offense. And I think you have to, you have to slow down a little bit and play more under control, no faster than you can think on offense. And that's something, I brought this up in a, another question last week, I think, but uh, in watching you coach over the years, I, I think one of your greatest strengths is in those areas that emphasis on spacing, timing, all of those things. The one that really stands out to me was at a shoot-around, you were running a play, and it's when Fred was here, and the play involved a high ball or high post screen, and the point guard ends up catching a lob, and you stopped it and you said, if you don't set that screen another step higher up the lane, we're throwing a lob to a 5'11 point guard, and he's going to get his blo shot blocked if you don't take your man another step up the lane. Those kinds of so-called little things that, that make a huge difference. Well, I, I'm, I'm amazed that we won as many games as we did because I don't know why I would be throwing a lob to Fred Van Vliet. But, uh, <laughs> it was the you know, Fred, Fred can do a lot of things on a basketball court, probably everything except <laughs> go get lobs. But um, uh, it's amazing. Uh, thank, thanks for bailing me out, Fred, and making me look good. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what you're talking about, Mike, exactly, but um, I do know that there, you know, timing comes into our set plays. Um, angle of screens, uh, foot angles when you receive the basketball. Um, young players especially, they want to catch the ball and then make a move. Where I want to run the play so well that the, all they have to do is catch it and score it, whether it be catch and shoot a jump shot or catch and lay it in, or if you're big enough, catch and dunk. Um, I tell them all the time, we're working this offense to try to generate something easy for you. If we wanted to just play like the NBA guys, we would just throw it to you and everybody would get out of the way. And then we would play the organ music. Dun, 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 dun. That's not what we're trying to do. If you were that good, you would already be in the NBA. Those, that's what those guys do. They make contested, tough shots on a nightly basis. We're trying to get you an open look so that you don't have to score over an outstretched hand or with a guy bellying up to you and, and, and you know, bodying up. And one other thing, I'll, I'll give you a better example then that I know you recall. When, when we would do the TV show over time and, and we'd have a chance to look at highlights and the video was in slow motion sometimes, there were things that I did not see in the speed of a game, but you'd see like Ron and Fred on a play look off a defender for just a split second, giving your postman just enough time to separate that now when they turn and throw the pass, it's wide open as opposed to making it immediately when they first come. And that's why they're making a lot of money as pros. Those guys were able to use their eyes just like a great quarterback and not stare down a receiver. They would look this way knowing that they're going to throw it this way. But not a whole lot of Fred Van Vliet's, Ron Baker's, <laughs> Pat Mahomes out there. Uh, not that I want them throwing blind passes, but just a look away will get the defense to move sometimes. And uh, you see quarterbacks do it all the time. I was watching the replay because we practiced on Sunday. So I was watching a replay of the um, Chiefs and, and Vikings. I've become a big Chiefs fan. I love Patrick Mahomes. I was able to go to a, the first home game this year before we got started. Um, and they have this Matt Moore in, but what I was really amazed by, and I love because I played a little quarterback back in the day, not anything like what these, these guys are doing, but 
the camera that they have now is almost behind the quarterback. And you literally, on one possession, you saw the wide receivers and the running backs and the tight ends go out for their patterns and the defense, how they defended them. So you actually saw, you know, it's so easy to sit there and go, why didn't you throw it to that guy? But, you know, all of a sudden those 300-pound guys are coming to try to crush you and take your head off. And you've got this guy going this way and this guy going this way and this guy swinging out into the flat. And you have to read all of that. You know, I'm sure there's a progression and whatnot. And Andy Reid is very good at his job. But it was amazing, the camera angle, to see that and to see the decision to throw it to whom, when, was incredible. And, uh, you know, of course, they're doing it under quite a bit of duress. But certainly that plays into what you're trying to teach now with some of these younger guys is that little bit of difference in the timing and the spacing and all of that that can make all the difference. There's the just a tiny bit of difference between good and great. There really is. And uh, it's just so fractional. Uh, and these guys, I think they have it. I think this team has it. It's just a matter of when they become great. Uh, if they all stick together and they continue to allow us to coach them, we will be great with this group again. Now, is it going to be right out of the chute this year with our only senior uh, out for another three to four weeks? Um, we've got two juniors and five freshmen and five sophomores. Actually, uh, Noah's not participating yet. Mo is back. So Noah is, so we've got four freshmen, five sophomores, and a junior, two juniors. All right, we will continue with soccer head basketball coach Greg Marshall from AJ's right after this. Welcome back to the Greg Marshall Show, talking soccer basketball on the eve of the Shockers' 2019-20 opener against Omaha tomorrow night at Coke Arena. Glad to have you with us. Coach, you, uh, you touched on the... Uh, injury situations and so forth and and mention Morris Udeze and those concussion protocols can be kind of iffy things sometimes it's the five days or whatever it's pretty quick sometimes it can drag on so good to hear you mention that he is is back I guess right yeah he um he was in the protocol he actually had a little fender bender which caused his his uh concussion so uh you know he was upset the, he hit someone messing with his phone and <laughs> I said man you can't do that. that's a lesson for all of you okay um, you can't mess with your phone while you're driving he goes into the he was fine not a scratch on him but the, for whatever reason his head the concussion deal um, car wasn't in very good shape neither was the other car but I think um, lesson learned and he, he's he's fine now but Having him back gives us a little more flexibility with redshirting possibly someone, and you know we're still having conversations about that. Jamie being out, we now have three centers, and we'll you know we could need them tomorrow night. This Matt Pyle from uh, Goddard, a young man that, that I, I I saw in Kansas City and and kind of liked, and I said to my staff, I go, we need to look at this guy. At the time. For whatever reason, whoever was recruiting that area, and I'm not going to call any names. I will tell you they're no longer here. But they didn't. They didn't uh, pursue it. They didn't either like uh, him as a player, or they didn't do due diligence. But he's a good player, and he could easily play for us. Uh, tremendous talent, great kid, great academics. So he would fit. 
But um, he's a junior, and he's an all-conference player, and he's a ball getter, and he's a tough hombre, and he's someone that we're going to have to deal with tomorrow. So we need all three of those centers uh, tomorrow to, you know, rotate in and, and go be fresh and do what they do. And hopefully uh, Asbjorn's size uh, piles more Moe's size, maybe uh, poor bear's size, 6'8", 240. So he's a, he's a very, very talented low post player. You know, Mo went through the shoulder surgery last year. He had shown some flashes here and there before that, that happened. Uh, obviously, the thing he really needed to spend some time with was offensive skills. And, and did he recover in time to have some appropriate time to, to work on his game and so forth? You know, he, um, he's out there shooting three in practice and whatnot. And I don't, uh, I don't think he's going to be quite there yet. You know, he may take one or two if he's wide open toeing the line. He's a decent 17 to 15, 15, 17 foot elbow jumper, more of a set shot. But he, you know, he's got some moves down inside. He's more of a bull than he is, you know, going up and shooting over someone. But that's what Pyle is. Pyle's a real built, big, strong kid. He needs angles, but he, he's a lefty and he, he, he finds those angles. And Mo has worked on his offensive game. So the answer is yes. Um, but I'm just glad to have his energy. He's a tough guy. He's a charge taker. He's a rebounder. He's a runner. Um, he plays hard, and um, that's something that will carry him quite a, quite a ways. Now, he, he will be the third center tomorrow because of being out for 10 days or whatever it was. And poor Bears played pretty well, and Asburn's had his, his, his moments. So we need those three guys big time tomorrow against Matt Pyle and, and Omaha Mavericks. You mentioned redshirt considerations. That's something somebody always, people always wonder about this time of year. And obviously, you can't play anyone at a game starting tomorrow and still redshirt them. But uh, have you made any definite decisions? No, we haven't made any definite decisions. But there's, there's, you know, there's conversations ongoing. There's, they, they know more than we give them credit for. You know, um, you'll probably figure it out tomorrow when you see someone not participate. If they don't participate, then they still have the possibility of redshirting. And it's not, I will tell you this, it's not because of ability in this case. Uh, and there could be one, there could be none, there could be two. But there's definitely one that's being considered and it's not because of ability, it's because of health. And it's a, it's a situation where Honestly, I've never seen this young man play not hurt. I've never seen him play injury-free, if you will. Um, and I like what I see, even injured, but just can't give it to us the way we want kids to play on a daily basis. For whatever reason, he looked better in the scrimmage or the exhibition game than he does in practice physically. Now, is that... Adrenaline, you know, you, they, adrenaline's a major deal. I mean, I've heard of people being able to pull cars off of folks, okay? But this guy looked really healthy in the exhibition game, but in practice, he labors to run the court. And that's, that's you know, that's hard to be a really good college player when you're limping around. If, if it's who I'm thinking about, it's also a consideration of the upside potential for this young man is tremendous. Absolutely. And, and do you waste a year this year? Yeah, and, and can we get through 
until Jamie comes back? That's the question. You know, that's, but we do have the three five men, and we have uh, Trey Wade, uh, who's, who's definitely uh, asserted himself as a forward. Of course, Dexter and, and Jamarius Burton can play the small forward. So we're, we, it's hard to play 13 guys. It really is. It's hard, definitely hard to play 16, which is our roster, but it's hard to play the 13 scholarship guys. So uh, sometimes you just waste a year, but we've got to be smart about it because this guy has ability. He's just got to regain 100% of his physical capabilities. Noah Fernandez is a young man I know you absolutely love. He is a Greg Marshall type of player, but he's had a kind of a long-term injury situation. How's he progressing? Yeah, he's not, he's not back either. And, uh, you know, we need Noah back because I like to have three five men and three point guards on my roster, minimum. Because those three, in my opinion, you have to, if you lose a point guard, now you've only got a starter and a backup. Whatever, whatever happens if one of those sprains his ankle or whatever in a game, you better have point guards. You can never have enough point guards. Then the five men, I and mean, we've got a, 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 an abundance of five men. Um, but Noah, two months to the day, it was, what is today, the fourth. September 4th is when he came down on Jamarius Burton's foot shooting a jump shot, a three-pointer, which, by the way, he made. And he came down and boom. And, you know, he's had all the, finally we figured out it was a bone bruise, but basically one bone hit the other bone like this and indented the bottom bone so that there was a, like a spider web, if you will, fracture, nothing that was apart, but there were cracks and that's very, very painful. And the talus was involved. And from what I've been, you know, I, Every year that I coach, I become a little bit better of a, an amateur doctor. And this, this situation, I know that the talus doesn't heal very well, and you have to be very cautious of that. And obviously a guy that if it's not going to be too much longer term, certainly you want this year. Play. Yeah, we need, we need Noah to come back if he can, if he's, if he's healthy. And if, if it doesn't, I mean, there, he's almost to the point where he can practice live but we tried that about two weeks ago 10 days ago and there was another setback because he wasn't ready he thought he was but he wasn't so now we're looking at two months so Todd told me today it, it might have been almost better if there had been a fracture where we could have had some surgery and you know he'd almost be back by now uh, it, it reminds me of uh, Ron Baker his freshman year you know, we had a question I didn't get a chance to ask you last week, but uh, you have talented young guards, and, and hopefully he does come back and he's ready to play. How do you find time for five guys that are all capable of, of playing, and is the answer that certainly there are one or two that can play some time at the three spot? Oh, yeah. When we say guards, we're talking about three positions, not just two. I mean, to me, Dexter's a, a, a wing. Uh, Jamarius is a point guard slash wing. Um, Eric is a 2-3. JB is a 1-3. Dexter's a 3-2-4. Um, Grant's a 1-2. Noah's nothing but a 1. Tyson Etienne is a 2-1. So 
there's flexibility there and we're, we're always training them at multiple positions so that I have the flexibility to put the people that I want in the game and they can play with each other. That's one thing I told Grant from the Getty up, you know, there's two freshman point guards coming in at the same time, Noah and Grant. And I said, okay, Grant, you know, you're bigger and you have the ability to, you're a little more strong, taller, thicker, and you can shoot it. So you're a point guard, but I'm also going to train you at the two. So one day you and Noah can play together. And, um, you know, down the road, Noah, Tyson, and Grant, and you're covered at the one and the two with three guys. But um, Eric has, has had a good fall camp. Um, we've, we've got guys now at the guard position that are young. They can floor it, they can shoot it, and they can defend. And they are starting to understand what we require from a, from a, a, a tenacious tenacious standpoint, tenacity standpoint in order to um, be what we want to be. And you mentioned in your philosophy, you always want three five men, you want three point guards, and for those, lest those forget, your very first year here, you'd always sworn after an experience you had at Winthrop, you'd never get caught short of point guards again. But you didn't happen to know coming in that Matt Breyer had had previous concussion issues, and when you lost him, it changed everything. Yeah, I love Jim Schaus, the athletic director. Uh, I, I have an unbelievable respect for him. He's now the commissioner of the Southern Conference. I cannot believe he's not an athletic director at um, UCLA or wherever, uh, Michigan. He's that good. But he didn't tell me that. Uh, when I, he was recruiting me to be the coach. Uh, he didn't tell me Matt Breyer had three previous concussions. And, um, you know, I came in, but th that, that whole thing was uh, a little bit messed up. I think I had, what, six players at one point. I had seven scholarships to give in late April. That was worse than what I had in the <laughs> spring of 2018. At least we had P.J. Kuznard. Uh, we had Matt until he got the fourth concussion against Drake when that kid just threw him down with a yeah. with just a, just tripped him and kind of threw him down with his elbow in the first conference game. Um, we had poor Phil Thomason who was just slightly taller than me having to play the center, and then thank goodness we had Ramon Clemente. We had a little toughness, but it was a tough year, and but we survived it. And I, I think last year is when you look back on it. Last year was not nearly as bad as that first year. <laughs> All right, we are going to take a timeout. We'll be back with more from Greg Marshall from AJ Sports Bill at the end. Welcome back to the Greg Marshall Show. Quick reminder that we will not have any coaches shows here at AJ's next Monday because of the women's basketball game at Oral Roberts in this time slotted on this channel. So we will be back in two weeks with all of our men's and women's basketball and volleyball shows on November the 18th. Coach, something that you mentioned and I thought was really interesting the more I thought about it, especially certainly couple of your freshmen in particular, Grant Sherfield and Tyson Etienne, don't look like typical freshmen. And you made the point that 
they have played in such a high level of AAU and that sort of thing. They've played on some big stages, and they come in here with a, a whole different background than your typical freshman does in terms of just adapting and, and what they've experienced. They, they really do. Um, physically, I mean, you, it just takes – it's God-given, and then it takes work to be in shape and develop those bodies. And those guys physically were mature enough that – Grant six two, Tyson about six one, but strong enough to deal with the Division One, the rigors of Division One basketball, walking in the door, and obviously quick enough, fast enough, jump well enough. Um, so that's been a blessing, and, and that hasn't always been the case. You know, some of these guys have not come in in the past like that. We've had to develop their bodies, and uh, but both of them also have a. Um, have played enough basketball so that they have the IQ to be able to compete at this level and hopefully be very successful from the giddy-up. Uh, Grant's 20 years old. I don't know how old Tyson is, but they're, they're both mature. They're not typical freshmen walking in the door from an age standpoint and your physical, the physical bodies that they, they possess. And certainly over time, we have all seen that how many stars you have beside your name doesn't guarantee anything. Fred Van Vliet, Ron Baker, Takeo Cotton didn't have a bunch of stars after the name when you recruited them. But is that maybe the, the thing that it does bring? Obviously, there's some talent there if they're rated like that. But is it more the fact that they're well-known, which means they have played at a high level and in some high-profile situations where they, they do bring that experience when you get some of those guys? Well... First of all, you have to um, understand that you, you want to get the best players that you can as a, as a coaching staff, but, you know, we're not going to cheat. We're not going to do anything illegal to, to obtain their services or procure that talent. Um, then, so you're dealing with guys that want to come in and, and be coached and be a part of something bigger than themselves and, so egos get involved. Um, these guys, both of those guys had some stars. They had some recruitment. I mean, Grant signs with UCLA. UCLA, I've been, I was old enough to remember the Wooden era. UCLA doesn't normally sign dudes that can't play, okay? They, they get some good players, guys that can possibly play in the NBA. But the beautiful thing that we have now is the ability – to say to young guards like Grant Sherfield, Tyson Etienne, and Noah Fernandez, hey, look, walking in the door, you are more recruited and highly sought after and highly more highly touted than Fred Van Vliet. He had Northern Illinois, whoever, Kent State and Wichita State, and he chose us. Ron Baker had the Division II school, whoever it was, Fort Hayes State or Pitt State or whichever one it was, and South Dakota State and us, and he chose to walk on. Walking in the door, you have as much cachet or more than them. If you have the same progression as them, now where can you take your game? At what level can you go? And um, and these kids, they want. that's what they want. I, Ultimately, who wouldn't want to play in the show? Who, who wouldn't want to make $30 million a year? I mean, that's what they're doing, some of these guys on, on that level. And 
the success that we've had with these other guards, Teray Murray and Baker and Van Vliet and now Landry Shamit, they're seeing that and they want to take their shot. But we're very excited about these young guards joining that sophomore group that, you know, toiled through obscurity last year and all the hard times and came out galvanized on the other side and then the bigs that we have. So it's, it's going to be very interesting year. I'm very excited, very, very pumped up about this group. But we've got a tough opponent uh, coming up uh, tomorrow night. And this, this is a, a program that they have built the right way with some very good players and some talented guys and very well coached. You know, I, I want to go back to something you mentioned because however many stars, however highly recruited, however talented, you mentioned coming in to be part of something that's bigger than themselves. It's still very important in your recruitment that you get the right guys, whether they're one and dones or whether they're going to be here for four years, that they're coming here to be part of winning and to be part of a team and, and that sort of situation. Absolutely. We, we try to recruit character. Obviously, we want talent. If they're not, I told them this today, if, if they couldn't score the basketball or they weren't really big or really athletic or skilled or in some way, we wouldn't have recruited you. But we want guys that are willing to do whatever it takes legally to win. We want, we, so you, you got you to gotta affect winning. That's, that's what kids don't think about. Doing the little things to help us win the game tomorrow night. We know you can rise up and shoot a jump shot and make it. Do the little things and help us win, and that's how we recruit. We want those character guys that are willing to sacrifice a jump shot every once in a while for a better shot with the extra pass. We're going to take a break. We've still got a couple of segments to go. Certainly we'll talk about Omaha tomorrow night's opponent and some other things when we come back on the Greg Marshall Show. Welcome back to the Greg Marshall Show. And before we get back to talking about Omaha, I did want to touch on the new rules in effect in college basketball this year. Uh, you certainly experienced a couple of them in the NIT last year where they were used for experimental purposes. The three-point line's a little longer, just over 22 feet this year. In talking to your guys about it, most of them have said, you know, once you got used to it, it really didn't, you didn't seem to notice it. And is that the thing? The guys that should be shooting threes have the range to shoot those few extra inches out. Yeah, as you remember, our team wanted to shoot the NBA three to begin with. You know, last year, they, they, yeah, they, they, listen, I don't care where the line is. I'm going to get five or six feet behind it. Remember, the couple of times we played in the NBA arenas, those 18-year-olds were just hoisting them from 25 feet. Um, no, it's not been an issue. Um, there are times now where guys are taking a three or a, a two, that they're basically on the line. And I'm going, that's not a good shot. Either be behind it percentage-wise, numbers-wise, or, you know, going in and shoot it a little closer. So it's, it's a little bit deceptive. And where I don't like the rule is in the corners. I mean, it's very difficult now to – you almost have to be – Mary Lou Retton or um, <laughs> Simone, is it Simone, Simone Biles? Biles yeah. Okay, you have to be that type of person and stick the landing in the corner. <laughs> you cannot fidget with your feet in that corner or you're going to step out of bounds. So 
That's where I don't like the rule. Other than that, I have no problem with that rule. We were talking earlier about running offense and, and running set plays and that sort of thing. One other new rule is on an offensive rebound, you now get 20 seconds. They don't reset to 35. Does that change at all, maybe calls you would make in terms of, of how you run things? No, we, we don't go into a set play on an offensive rebound. We just, first of all, that's a great time to get a kick out three. You get an offensive rebound, you either stick it back or dunk it if you can, get fouled or you look for someone towing the line because it's a great time to shoot an inside-out three. Um, so, Shocker fans, I know how smart you are about the things. Do not uh, be, get upset when the shot clock does not reset to 30. On, on offensive rebounds, it only resets to 20. So that's a nightmare, I guess, for the shot clock operator because he can't reset it like he normally does, just hit reset. He's got to reset to 20. I don't know how they do it, but anyway. I've got enough things to worry about other than the 30-second shot clock person, or in this case, the 20-second shot clock person. Um, what are the other ones? One other one that's, that's somewhat significant is coaches can now call live ball timeouts in the last two minutes. I've, I've, I've always liked that one because I've always been able to save one possession a game generally by just calling a timeout when I, you know, we're not getting the ball over half court in 10 seconds or there's a loose ball and we get it and it's about to be a tie-up or whatever, calling that timeout. But you can only do it in the last two minutes of regulation and the last two minutes of any overtime. Right. Yep, there you go. We'll come back to talk about Omaha and the season opener tomorrow night on the Greg Marshall Show. Welcome back to the Greg Marshall Show from AJ Sports Grill at the Alley. Normally, we would be followed by women's head basketball coach Keitha Adams, but her team playing their exhibition game tonight at Coke Arena against Missouri Southern. And then coming up after Coach Marshall, it will be volleyball with Chris Lamb. And then next week, no coaches shows because of the women's road game at Oral Roberts that can be heard on these channels. By the way, we've mentioned the men open tomorrow night at home against Omaha, a men's and women's doubleheader on Saturday at Coke Arena, the men against Texas Southern at 2 o'clock, and then the women's regular season opener against Old Missouri Valley Conference opponent Northern Iowa at 5 o'clock. Back with Coach Marshall. Coach, you mentioned Matt Pyle, the local product, who's with Omaha, a very good player for them, and with his inside presence, also a team that really shoots the three well. Yeah, they've got uh, three guards. Um, Cage, uh, I don't know their first names and last names, but Robinson, Gibson, and a young man who I cannot pronounce his last name. It's A.O. is his first name. Um, those three guys are all seniors and one junior, and they're very experienced. They shoot high percentages from three, don't turn it over, uh, can score off the bounce or the catch or get in the lane. So along with Pyle, they've got three very talented guards, plus whoever they've recruited or had sitting out. That's just what we know from last year. The, the, the problem with that first game is there's no film from this year. You go on what they did last year. So imagine how difficult it was for us, to, for, for teams to scout us last year. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they had no idea until we started playing games. And then they went, oh, okay, they're going to throw the ball all over the gym. This, this group, <laughs> this group of uh, Mavericks, very talented guards, plus pile inside. And they had another kid, um, Tut, 
and he looks like he's going to be a, a, a burgeoning star because he's six foot seven, six foot eight, and he can do it all. He's kind of like Joseph at Belial. He's kind of like uh, Trey Wade. He can shoot it, bounce it, score inside, and he's got some size. And this is a program I know you can appreciate and respect, having been in programs like College of Charleston and, and Winthrop, one of those so-called mid-major, lower-major programs that has really developed into a very dangerous team. Well, yeah, absolutely. They, last year they won 21 games in the regular season. They played at Minnesota, at Oregon, at Arizona State, and there was three or four more that they played. So basically – what you do in those situations is try to win one road game where you get a check and not, uh, you know, just not kill your guys. So they're coming in here thinking they can win. Coach, thank you. We look forward to the opener tomorrow night. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. 114th season opener for Wichita State basketball tomorrow night against Omaha. Broadcast begins at 6, tip-off at 7 at Coke Arena. We'll see you there. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.